Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. I'm your host, Pat King, a contributor to Ears to Feed. Today's guest is Devin McKnight, who records music under the moniker Monica. Devin originally started playing music in bands like Grass is Green and Speedy Ortiz while attending Berklee College of Music in Boston. Along with Pile, both of those bands were the first groups to be signed to the burgeoning indie rock label Exploding in Sound. Out now on Skeletal Lightning, Dark Matters is his third release as Monica, and it goes further into the difficult-to-pin-down territories of his first two releases. It's a dizzying listen as he goes from indie rock and punk, abrasive noise rock, and even incorporates elements of jazz and modern hip-hop, sometimes within a single song. In this conversation, we discuss the writing and recording of Dark Matters, paying respects to elder statesmen of the DC Discord scene, the need for more inclusion in rock music, the frustrating watering down of indie rock, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. Teach uh, online guitar lessons, or? Yeah. Yeah, online guitar lessons, bass lessons and stuff. Um, you know, I, I, not as much as I would like because I, I, I go in person to teach at the school of rock. Uh, but, um, after the pandemic, it was, uh, you know, my first sort of like foray into doing the zoom lessons and it just like the option to like work from home and not, <laughs> not have to commute in, in, in New York city is just, uh, yeah. it was, it was, it was so nice. Yeah. A, a buddy of mine, he, he was teaching guitar lessons in Westchester. Like, he was living in Greenpoint and then driving up to Westchester oh, and, yikes. And just doing, doing that. And he, uh, mm. right when the pandemic was happening, he moved to Asheville, North Carolina and just was mm. able to move transition all those lessons to online. And he's just, nice. he's just like, so happy (laughs) i bet yeah i bet yeah so i was just checking twitter before jumping on with you and i saw you post about these (laughs) this axios article about these joro spiders these parachuting joro spiders yeah i mean i don't know i'm uh i'm gonna have a hard time even talking about it just because that I'm not, I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but I would say I'm solidly arachnophobic. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, I don't, I don't know. Like at least with spiders, you know, that they're stationary in some way, you know, they're kind of bound tethered by their web in, in some regard, but like having, yeah. I don't know. It's like a step in their evolution to terrify you. Oh uh, man. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm willing to acknowledge also that it's like, it's a irrational fear. Yeah. Most, most spiders that, you know, you come in contact with like, you know, in major city areas or the suburbs for that matter are pretty harmless, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, ever since I was, a uh, you know, a little kid, spiders were just kind of like, I don't know. And it's weird because I like, you know, I like Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, um, 
like I don't mind that. It's just like, and here's another thing is like, I get like really bad allergic reactions to spider bites. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I felt like maybe I was turning a corner after a while. And then I realized that every time I like, you know, slept on a, on, on a floor or carpet or something like that, when I was, could get bitten by a spider. I remember once I went to a, a outdoor wedding in the suburbs in DC and I got bit on my ankle and it just like blew up and I had to go to the emergency room and it's a whole thing. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, I wasn't going to die or anything. It's just like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, I mean, the article said that their fangs are, are tiny and they can't break your skin. But if, if they're if they just irritate you anyways, that's going to be. Yeah, I can't get around that. <laughs> um, so my wife and I, we, we had been living in Brooklyn for a while and we just moved to Philly. And uh, it was right at the beginning of September when we moved in. So we were getting like the walk through from our mm-hmm. landlord and we went to our backyard and there were all those, all these little like spotter mm-hmm. lantern flies is what they're called in Philly. Okay. Like they're these like, I don't know. They they look like they look like little pieces of slate. Like if you see them just resting on something, but they're red and gray and it looks like a claymation, you know, character or something like that. Mm. And, and it's just so jarring when you see them walk like, you know, perk up their wings and fly away. But apparently there's a rule. There was a rule in Philly that if you see them anywhere, you have to step on them or you'll get fined. Like if you don't, like if, if a cop sees you not stepping on them or something like that, because they're so detrimental to structures and to vegetation. Oh, I think I, I think I heard that they're an invasive species, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it's so crazy. Yeah. I, wow. I, I don't know. I, I just fear all this stuff. Do you, do you dream about, does your arachnophobia kind of bleed into your dreams? Do you dream about spiders? Do you have nightmares about that stuff? It has, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I feel like the one thing I have is like the falling backwards dream. That's the one I have, and I think mm. it's got to be tied to heights or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can do heights. I can do airplanes. I can do lots of stuff. Just can't do can't do spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had an old coworker who had a fear of the sea. He was just, just because it was so unknown that, you know, not being able to see underwater clearly mm. just, you know, I don't know, but, um, I, I love your new record. I love dark, dark matters. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's so good. Um, can you kind of tell me about, I, I think I saw you say online that these songs had been written a long time ago. Can you just tell me about the writing process and the recording process? Um, yeah, man, I think, um, um, let's see. So, um, a lot of, a lot of stuff, I feel like, you know, um, as trite as it might seem now to talk about it, a lot of stuff kind of got like upended, like plans got upended by COVID and, uh, um, you know, like around the summer of 2019, my last album had just come out and 
Um, yeah, I, I like immediately, I'm the kind of person that just kind of immediately starts on the next thing. Once I feel like the other thing is good and done. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've, I think I had written demos, preliminary demos, at least for the glow up, um, uh, winter circle, um, zip line, uh, just a bunch of them. And, uh, at the time I was like thinking about going in a sort of more like a less distorted punk kind of direction more towards like, uh, I was really super late on duster. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I was too. Yeah. I, that was, that was, I, I think yeah. maybe a few months ago I started really diving into their catalog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I kind of realized that they had been like influencing a lot of people that I was either friends with or, or listened to. So I was like, Oh, cool. This band's like been a kind of like a cult band for a while. And, uh, yeah, so I was just getting super into that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to act like things didn't change in my head over the pandemic. Um, my needs musically maybe changed. Um, oh, I see you're wearing a Lemonhead shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lemonhead's definitely influenced a lot of that stuff. Um, we actually covered Lemonheads at the last show before the, before COVID. Oh, nice. What song? Uh, Break Me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, that was like an everyday listen for me for like months. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you know, like there are other songs that, um, I kind of started to write during the pandemic because I was just kind of like, well, what, what's going on? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> right. So like during, during 2020, I think like on our, on our own kind of started to come out because I was like getting into synth stuff. Cause I had time, um, uh, runaways definitely had a, you know, an impact um during that time so i was getting into getting back into finger finger style stuff again um see what other songs uh maintain took a while to kind of finish um and i want to say yeah kind of like put the finishing touches on that one during the pandemic um Blue Star, same came later. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, those are probably like 2020 songs. Yeah. And then 2019 and end of 2019 was the kind of beginning of a lot of that stuff. So um, yeah, and then, you know, it took a while to kind of, you know, see the clouds parting 
for like when I could safely get into the studio. So that took some time. It took a while to figure out the, you know, landscape of the music industry, like who's, you know, what labels are even able to do anything right now because they're like hemorrhaging money probably because their acts can't go on tour. Right. Um, who, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. And, you know, can I even put out a vinyl, which I haven't even decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, so, the whole, yeah. The whole shortage is just, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Are, are, you embr- and, are you embracing CDs and, and tapes? Or things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, those are two things that we, we were able to, to, to do. I mean, I, I actually just got the package of, you know, some, some tapes and CDs from the label. So, um, it's nice to have it in that form, kind of see it like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny though, you know, when I listened to this record and it was the same with Devin. You know, they're, it, it's it's so great to, you know, upon initial listen, the, the tracks are, are so dense and there's just so much going on with them. And I, I think today was my fifth listen of, of Dark Matters. And you just kind of pick out these these influences as, as you listen over and over again, like they kind of reveal themselves. Um, for this record, did you kind of go in the studio with, um, Jordan Blakely, like on, on drums, and then you kind of shaping the songs around a skeletal kind of construction of it? Or did you kind of have an idea of, of what the songs would be or orchestration wise? Um, yeah, everything, everything is, um, I demo, I demo everything myself. So she just gets the kind of the completed song oh, got and then, it. and then like kind of, um, like I had like placeholder drums on a lot of the demos, you know, with, with the, the intent of having a real drummer kind of come on and like do real drummer things like fills and, you know, actual beats that I couldn't like quite, figure out in a timely fashion on my own. Um, and yeah, so like the structures of the songs were already kind of there and, you know, me and her were able to kind of go in and to the practice space and kind of like hammer out some loose demos for a few of them with her on them. And then, um, also just kind of, yeah, just like, kind of work out the songs. Um, she was maybe one of the only people in my little bubble. So it was good. I had to kind of pick and choose, you know, who was, who was safe. So yeah, she was, um, she was, she was in the bubble. And, uh, so yeah, we, we got together, um, a fair amount to practice and then, you know, we went in and, started from, uh, you know, uh, from scratch kind of, and re-recorded everything in the, in the studio. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty like normal for Monica writing though. I, I just write everything and then, um, you know, 
I sort of take the demos pretty seriously, you know? Right. Um, so seriously that like even a lot of the stuff that on the last record were actually the demo tracks just made nicer sounding by the engineer. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So like I only had live drums on a few tracks. Um, I just sort of missed that, you know, I think like a few, a few records from back then kind of made me like, like bombed that I didn't have a real drummer. Like, um, I was really into that last, uh, JSOM record. Right. And just like the drum sound sounded really great. So I was like, man, you could only really get that from like a real drummer, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, I kind of was just like, you know, I'm going to see if, see if Jordan is willing to, to, you know, help me with this. And cause I'm, I'm an awful drummer, like, right. you know, yeah, so. you can't wait like 10 years in between records to get your chops up or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have it all, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I love the, uh, the jazz with Namdi interludes. I, I'm such a mm. huge fan of everything he does and super records. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, were those kind of, were those sessions passed back and forth files or, or did you get yeah. together with him? Yeah. Yeah, no, he was in Chicago the whole, I mean, that's where he lives. And uh, I've, I've known Namdi since like 2009 or 2008. So for a while, it was kind of like a random, like we met each other at a house show that my friend randomly booked his old band, Paramedics was touring. And so we had a few shows with them and um yeah, like he ended up staying with my friend with his band. And uh, then I needed to tour when I had um, my band after that needed to tour. And I hit him up in Chicago and it was like, he was like, had a show house of his own. So I was like, oh, sweet. I'll go play with Namdi. And then, you know, I, I think he gave me some like mixed CD of his like original tracks. Um, I forget what it, I think it was called like booty slices or something like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So he's been, he's been doing stuff like that for a really long time, you know? Um, and I think back then it was more just to like pass, pass the time, you know, just like stay busy. Right. And, um, yeah. And I put it on, I'm like, wow, this dude's pretty prolific. I just <laughs> thought he was a drummer, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've always kind of like fantasized about getting to play with him, but with his schedule and his career just kind of popping off, you know, it's like the best I could probably hope to get out of him right now would be some improv tracks. So he sent me um, about, oh, I don't know, maybe like four minutes of just him kind of like acting like he's playing jazz. I mean, he was like, I'm not the best jazz drummer. I don't know why you're asking me for this. And I was like, well, just do whatever you think is jazz. <laughs> right, right. And I'll take care of the rest. Okay. So that's what I did. And he, yeah, he sent me some stuff and, um, yeah, I just sort of like, you know, just, it just kind of worked out. I don't know. Like, did, did you have the, did you have it in your head 
to have these kind of interludes break up the record in that way, break, like break up the sequence before actually yeah. working on the tracks or I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, uh, I'd been sort of like, you know, kind of retracing some of my jazz guitar kind of life and, and listening to some stuff again. And I was like, you know, it's, it's a shame that, you know, all this indie rock, punk rock stuff is taking precedence over some cool stuff that like, you know, I've been privy to um, over the years and by no means am I just like an active like jazz musician, but I did, I did, you know, all the lessons and stuff and just, uh, yeah, it's, so I figured like, why not include a more, a fuller picture right of you know where i'm coming from sometimes and i thought you know why not break up kind of the flow of the record um with some stuff without vocals that just people can just kind of listen to just kind of get a break from all the other stuff you know <laughs> yeah you you went to berkeley right i did yeah um for a few years yeah did, did it feel like, I guess, going there and now as a music teacher, do you feel like sometimes um, maybe that pushed away jazz a little bit? Or it, it is such like an academic, you know, genre to, to approach sometimes. Do, do you feel like the schooling and, and both working in music kind of? Uh, um, well, I mean... I don't know. I don't want to sound like unappreciative of, you know, the, the education and the schooling and the resources and things like that, that I got from there. But I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of that whole like academic jazz stuff, it's just, it kind of takes the fun out of it, Yeah. you know, and it makes it into this like weird competition and, you know, the, like there are a lot of kind of prodigal like jazz people out there who went got in for similar reasons, but they're like that's like their shit. Like that's what they do, and like I have all these other things that I like to do. And a big part of kind of when you get there, especially if you're not one of those like freaks of nature or whatever you like you have to figure out really fast like what what makes you stand out so you don't have like a mental breakdown and like and just completely quit yeah you know because you're just everyone there can do something you know what i mean they have something to offer it doesn't without fail like i would meet somebody and they'd seem like a normal person but then eventually you find out what they bring to the table and then after a while you start becoming a little more like appreciative of the things that you bring to the table and like what makes you stand out or what makes you special and uh that takes time you know um and patience but yeah it definitely kind of breaks breaks your spirit a little bit to not be like one of two people that people regard as being like good at stuff 
Right. Yeah. Cause then you're just in, you know, you're in an institution where everyone's good. And then I think like some of the teachers are a little rigid with that stuff. If it's not jazz and they, they don't care. And so a- after a while, I sort of figured out with like math, math rock and like D- D- DC discord stuff. And, you know, there's certain types of like rock music that like you can kind of use those chords and changes and ideas. Um, and so it's not like you're like throwing it all out, like, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, metal is, is a good example right. of that too. And great. But, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, like discord, you know, you, you brought up discord records, you got uh Chad Clark to master. Uh, this. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, beauty pill is just one of one of the most unsung discord bands and you know just his work in general is is so unsung and it it should be heard absolutely kind of you know revered more Mm -hmm. than it is um i actually interviewed him on this podcast uh about beauty pill ep Um, cool yeah i i guess did you did you know him before this project or did you um, kind of reach out? Was it a, a blind kind of reach out in the dark kind of thing? Um, so when I was in Speedy Ortiz, we actually played with Beauty Pill. Um, and I had been like a fan of his and the, the drummer of Beauty Pill is uh, Devin Ocampo. And he's in all these other Discord bands like Farrakhet and um, medications and stuff like that. Um, and basically the two of them were like me and all my friends as heroes, you know, they're like from like just a generation ahead of us, like probably generation X, I guess. And, um, they were doing stuff like around the time, the turn of the millennium. So I was too young then to like go to those shows in DC or really know anything about like, you know, Q and not you and like smart and crazy and, uh, fair cat. Even like the last Fugazi shows or, you know, like the argument and stuff. I just didn't know yet. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah. And that era of discord is like, just, you know, chef's kiss. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So like, um, I think sort of through Bartiz and um, a few other people, we started kind of connecting the dots between each other on the internet. Right. Cause we had, we had met, but like, you know, we hadn't really like talked. So, um, you know, we finally like uh, reached out and I, he became aware of, you know, stuff that I was currently doing, um, outside of speedy RTs. And, um, yeah, I was kind of looking around for people to master and I like, actually Bartiz is the one who suggested Chad. So I was like, why not? Let's, uh, let's, let's see what you got. So, um, you know, it's kind of like an honor for me, like a fanboys dream to have him uh, 
you know, put his hands on the music and, you know, he's very careful with everything too. Like, you know, just kind of, you know, very sensitive to, you know, the art of sound, sound design. You know, I think, I think that, you know, I trust him with, you know, about anything. I mean, I, I, it'd be great to work with him on, in another capacity, honestly, because he's got really cool ideas and stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, listening to your music and and especially you know Bardi's music, I I can see that kind of parallel line between you know the music that he was making, like you were saying at that time, and kind of just the genre exploration of it all like it it, you can't really put a finger on it Mm -hmm. i still think it's really funny is like a lot of those people like um you know i'll i'll throw mary timoney into that mix of dc oh yeah yeah. heroes and uh when you tell them stuff like that they like almost like don't believe you (laughs) they they look at you and they're just like yo you like that that garbage that I put out like 20, 20 years ago. I'm like, yeah, it's the best garbage out there. Yeah. I was, I was like punishing him on, um, you know, unsustainable lifestyle, like quoting lyrics and stuff. And he was just like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, with Devin and with, uh, dark matters, um, you know, reading, reading press and, and just, you know, kind of diving into the lyrics, um, you talk a lot about kind of, and I, I think this is a problem I have with, with indie rock. It's just the, it is a very rigid and non-inclusive, you know, space for, for creators, I feel. I, and that's something that you write a lot about in your music. I, I guess, you know, when you were at Berkeley and playing in Speedy Ortiz, was that a constant frustration that you would run into when you were first starting out playing in I I guess indie rock shows and you know becoming a a part of the scene um well I don't know I mean I guess so like you know I'm from I'm from DC so um and like Montgomery County Maryland too and those are very diverse places so um, I was more likely to kind of run into some weirdos like myself there who, who may be like, I don't know. I mean, it's the home of like bad brains, you yeah, know, right. it's like, it's like, um, you know, down there is kind of more of a place for people that it seems like if you don't fit in anywhere else, you probably going to fit in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I didn't necessarily always think about it. And then like, you know, I mean, um, Boston is, it's a very like white bread city. Yeah. It just like is historically just, shitty in in a lot of yeah Yeah. and segregated in a a way that's just you know weird um i experiencing strange hostility towards even like rap music 
which is weird to me because like it's the most popular music in the world right now. Yeah. Um, probably. Yeah. Most, so it, probably most popular or important cultural, you know, just movement of our life. You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, I think, I, yeah, it's something I started to become more aware of. I mean, I was in several projects while I was still in school. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, like, it's not to say that like all the connections and the friends that I made were just kind of like in vain or whatever, but like, I, I definitely noticed it when I went on tour a lot, like in grass is green. Like, I feel like we toured a lot and, um, you know, you go to all these other punk houses and DIY spaces around and, you know, um, not everywhere is like Silver Spring, Maryland, you know? Right. And so you kind of just learn that the hard way, I think. And, um, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, Speedy went to even more places and, you know, it kind of drove that home um, even more. But it's not, it's not to say, though, that you, you can't, like, find, you know, friends or well-meaning people. Um, but when you start kind of cracking into, like, the industry or, like, the higher up you go into any, like, trade or craft, you know, it does become, get whiter and more male. Yeah. You know? Um as, as the, the higher you go, I mean, it doesn't really matter the industry and in, in music, I mean, especially rock music, that's kind of like, you know, that's just how, how it be, you know? <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, you know, and I think some of the like issues that I was running into with let's say like, okay, so, you know, I'm not in the, big buzz band anymore i'm on my own and i think i want to do something with these songs but then i kind of like look at all the other bands and i'm like well you know how am i gonna like market this or who's gonna who's gonna want who's gonna want me you know and you kind of feel like a fish out of water because like it's like i'm not like just standing next to the the star of the show i'm like the only person really so it's like it just changes things you know right so um maybe maybe also you know like the i'll say this like maybe the kind of the identity politics conversations that were happening in the last decade were kind of seeping into my brain a little bit more so i i, I think i was becoming more hype sort of hyper aware of the differences and like how people perceived, you know, my music, whether or not they thought it was as, as valid as something else that maybe I I considered mediocre. You know what I mean? And then I was real. I realized that I had been trying way harder than a lot of people, and not getting as far. Stuff like that. You know, I think that that was probably the more like tangible, palpable kind of realization that kind of hit me when I was like trying to put my own stuff out and kind of like hitting some dead ends and feeling like 
not even knowing really what style of music I wanted to try to do or how I would be perceived, you know? So like, I was really into making hip hop beats too, but then I was like, well, I really like playing guitar and I really like doing, you know, it's like, so how do I like encompass that without like, you know, I mean, I, I kind of think, you know, with the kind of music that you make and, and what you're saying, you know, kind of wanting to do all these different things and, and, um, and not worrying about where it's going to fit in, in terms of if it's going to be indie rock or, or something like that. I kind of think we're almost <laughs> in, in my, in my biggest dreams, I, I just wish there would not be something called indie rock anymore. <laughs> Cause I don't think there's, you know, it's like limited. It's, it's limiting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like with pop music, I've, I've talked to people about this as well. If, if you were to say to someone, um, you know, uh, oh, this person's record, like the, the new weekend record is a pop record or something like that. It, you would have no idea as to how it sounds, you know, like mm-hmm. pop music is just this thing that in, I, I think only until, I don't know, maybe it's a modern something that happened recently, but I, I feel like it just over the past, you know, maybe a couple decades, I feel like it's just pulling from all these different things and, and you can hear noise rock in in some current pop records, you know, it's sure. And, and, and I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, indie rock at least like an indie rock capital i indie rock crowd is just comparing to like a pop crowd or a metal crowd or a hardcore crowd is just so stiff and just rigid in in that regard i don't know yeah and it's it's if you view it also like from the industry standpoint too it's like i've seen some bands be like pretty cool and then they sign that big contract and then they like so you know they get get them with the you know the sexy producer or whatever and it just it's like the more money that is there they're trying to then make it more saleable and then so they water down a lot of the stuff that made them cool yeah you know what i mean yeah and it's like if it's indie rock which you know for keeping true to what indie is supposed to mean then that shouldn't be a concern yeah right you know what I, you know what i mean it's like why why are you like like stifling your growth like why do we need you to be like even like more plain you know what i mean and like to me like i think a lot of the people that like started that this sound or like have you know i mean okay 90s 90s alt rock side i think some of the people some of like the major indie rockish bands that like maybe weren't considered that yet like pixies could be considered like a precursor to indie rock right right yeah I and they're it, like, I guess it was like college rock, you know, before back then. Yeah. Right, yeah. But they're, they're pretty abrasive. Yeah. I, I feel like Frank Black, like Frank Black, HR and Bob Mould all have like the most 
blood-curdling screams, and you wouldn't consider them to be the most terrifying hardcore, you know, front people, you know? Right, right. And, uh, I mean, you know, I guess a lot of early 2000s indie rock was probably pulling a little bit from Radiohead just because they were kind of bigger than, and, but, you know, even they're, like, hard to pin down, you know? Yeah. There's some weirdos, you know? So, like, what's with this, like, super overly sanitized, like, you know, need that the bigger people feel that they need to fulfill? It's just very strange to me. Like, just get weird. Like, you're indie rock. You're supposed to be independent. You're supposed to be, like, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I feel like when your font size gets bigger on a festival lineup, you have to make a synth pop record. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta have more synths, a lot of more synths, and you have to talk about it in your interviews. You have to be like, I don't really like guitars anymore. I just do synths. It's like, what? Like, so? <laughs> it's just a different instrument. I don't know. <laughs> like, if you start playing oboe, then get at me. I want to hear that. Yeah. Right. You know? So can you tell me about the synth playing on your record? Or? Yeah, I just started playing, figuring out how to play synth. And I mean, you know, anyone who's musical can kind of mess around on some keys, you know, because you just press the button and it does stuff. Yeah, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel like, yeah, it's like this, um, I don't know, he's, he's never going to hear this conversation, but like a Jack Antonoff-ing of like indie rock. Is right. is just yeah, it's just making everything lifeless and dull and not expanding anything or I don't know. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, it's so frustrating. So yeah. uh, so I I know I'm I'm bummed you're you're playing with Rick from Pyle tomorrow night in Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'm I'm going to this there's this insane metal show. Um it's like Converge. Uh, oh, wow. uh full of hell and and uh uniform cool. just kind of like down the street at underground art so I'll, I'll miss that show well well i can't blame you yeah <laughs> um but is is that show solo or are you going to be doing it full band that one's solo yeah because rick is doing solo so he kind of asked for stripped stripped down kind of stuff and uh i don't do it much but i figured you know a like He's an old bud and be like, I think I'm, I'm more comfortable with it now and just show up alone, yeah. you know, was, so. was pile a band, I, I guess was exploding in sound and pile kind of happening while you were in Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, grass is green and pile were the first grass is green pile and speedy Ortiz were the first three i think releases and i was in two of those bands so oh, yeah that's right yeah i forgot that grass is so, one of the first yeah yeah and uh so yeah um what's it called um we i think i i, I recall when dan golden was like because he didn't have a label yet he was just a blogger and uh you know, we, we just thought he was a cool guy and he was like, you know, you got to check out this band pile with me. And, you know, so I was like, okay, <laughs> and we went and we went to this warehouse space 
and it was packed. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then they played. They were just a three piece back then, too. It's just like mag- magic isn't real pile. Yeah, just and, like super riffy. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. It was it was really cool, just like, especially seeing Chris play drums for the first time. I remember that was awesome. And uh, yeah, we kind of, I mean, you know, Grass is Green played with pile plenty. I remember, and uh, you know, um, I kind of feel like, yeah, they were kind of like a like a, almost like a brother band at the time, you know, kind of trying to do the same things, and you know, everyone's likes each other's music, and so um, yeah, it was just kind of like an easy, an easy friendship to have back then. Oh, nice. Are, are yeah. there other plans to do? Is is Jordan going to go out on the road with you if you tour as a full band? Or, I mean, if she is uh, available, because um, she's been playing with the parties and his schedule is like yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's pretty crazy right now, and uh, far far be it for me to keep her from from doing <laughs> that. So, um, but you know, I got I got lots of buds, and you know, it's. It's gonna be okay. So if she, you know, if she's around, Jordan, if you're listening, if you're around, please, happy to have you. But you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. Thank thanks so much for doing this. I I I just have to say congratulations on the record. I I really love it. Ah, uh, thank you, thank yeah. you so much. Is there anything um, we anything we missed or? Uh Nah, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that spider thing isn't real. Yeah, I know. I, I I sent I sent that article to my wife, and she was kind of freaking out about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah. Well, it was, it was nice meeting you, man. Take care. Yeah, you too. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>